It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. It is uh, episode 622, which is a fun, fun one, I hope. Hopefully, kind of. We'll talk about some uncomfortable stuff, no doubt. Ah, anyway, I am VA, and I'm here with Jeff. Hello, hello. And Tim. Hello there. Nick is somewhere in West Virginia, in the mountains, with the mountain folk. Um, I asked him if he was concerned that people were going to think he was imaginary. I mean, I feel like I've met Nick before, but, like, is, is he a ghost? Did I make him up? I don't know. Maybe. I'm, I'm, I don't know. You're the one that's met him in person a couple times. I haven't. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. I have. Yes. He recently, stayed... in fact. Yes, yes. He stayed at my house. Not recently. He didn't stay at my house. But he stayed at my house. I I introduced him to a French toast bagel at, at our local cafe. And, yeah, I, I mean, I, I haven't wanted to talk about my Newport trip. I wanted to hear about the Newport trip through his mouth eyes uh, anyway whatever it is so uh so I'm sad that he's not here but that's okay we will we'll be fine let's not do it chilling with Bo- he's chilling with Bigfoot out in West Virginia <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is he's he's found he's found Bigfoot the only thing I could think of when he was in West Virginia so there's a show on AMC, AMC History something called uh, Mountain Mountain Monsters or something like that, and they just hunt for Bigfoot, and that was the whole show. Had like four seasons of hunting for Bigfoot. I mean, like you know, I feel like there's I, I would expect I would think there's limits to you know um, how much television you can make out of nonsense, but at the same time, when this nonsense that when it's nonsense, the sky's the limit. I mean, how many seasons of Oak Island are we into? And it's a fucking punchline in the province that the fucking island's in. (laughs) (laughs) Tim, there is a local museum to you up in Portland that specializes in Bigfoot and other cryptozoology. Wait, really? I have been there. I got my picture taken with a a Bigfoot statue. I kid you not. I must find this place. Oh, it's right next to a brewery. I really recommend that you um, you just make a day of it. <laughs> International Cryptozoology Museum. Oh my god. Yep. 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 I've been there. Oh, it's in Thompson's Point. They relocate. They relocated in 2016. So they used to be downtown Portland. Now they're at Thompson's Point. It's two stories? Yes. Holy shit. Okay, I went after they relocated. Yep. Okay. Yep, I've been there. Oh, boy. All right. Well, anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. I got to go to this place. Yep. You, okay, so here it is. We're not going to do a two and a half hour show today, guys. That was some um, challenge last week. We had a lot to talk about. We did. So, um, and we do have a lot to talk about today as well. So I'm going to start off with the expansion draft, guys. Woohoo! 
Woo! It happened. Woo! Um, I'm very excited because I've adopted Seattle since I first heard of their, uh, uh, since I, well, I adopted them before they became the Kraken, and then I was very excited when they became the Kraken, so that was very nice. It's a very polarizing uh, nickname they chose there. People seem to either love it or really hate it, and like, the people that complain about it, all I gotta do is gesture expansively in the direction of Minnesota, because their name isn't even a noun. (laughs) Whenever anybody asks me what the, uh, what the logo is, you know, what the animal of the logo for the Minnesota Wild is, I said, it's a wild (laughs) <laughs> yeah. like i'm pretty sure it's intended to be a wolf because it's minnesota but it looks awful ursine so it looks like a bear <laughs> but i just call it a wild because that makes sense right look i think that seattle did everything right they 110 percent. oh god it's just like the the uniform's gonna be gorgeous you know the the tentacle going up through the the s the red eye the fact that it looks like trondor <laughs> all of that stuff uh i love it i love it their road uniforms are the best road look road uniforms i've seen love them yeah so good I, I i'm all in i'm all in on seattle i fucking love everything they've done i i thought the draft was fun i thought like their stage was awesome like i every the the you had the yacht from, the marina with the giant octopus on it, like it was great. The fact that they kind of trolled Leafs fans by like leaking that dummy <laughs> that uh that, that dummy pick of Kerfoot when oh nope sorry it's actually McCann. What do you guys think is going to happen here? <laughs> I I knew that was not real footage that they were going to use. I knew that. Oh, they were I was. Just... Gonna... Kerfoot was like of the, of the names worth mentioning that were exposed in the Leafs. He was the third best option. Like. It was always going to be McCann or Dermot. <laughs> yeah, I, I. But I also loved how they trolled them on stage by saying like, "Oh, they've had like the worst drought." <laughs> yeah, for he Chris Fowler went on and hadn't won uh, a cup in twenty thousand days, and then Don Moore was like, "Come on, give him a break," and then. He just kept going. He's like, well, maybe I shouldn't mention that they haven't won a series in 16 years in the playoffs. Oh, it was great. It was it was fantastic. <laughs> oh, it was hilarious. I loved it. They probably should have told Marshawn Lynch how to pronounce Calais Arncroft's name. They but should have. Not, but on the other hand, not doing it may have been better. So I don't know. <laughs> First of all, I just want to say Marshawn Lynch is a very smart guy. But I just don't think he knows Swedish. And that's fine. Guess what? <laughs> I don't know Swedish either. All you need to actually know about Kelly Arncroft is his last name means Iron Hook. Iron Hook! I pointed that out in my <laughs> tweets. Iron Hook! <laughs> that's that's all you need to know. I'm just sitting there. It's like, I love it because they brought in Marshawn Lynch, who was just known for, like, not wanting to talk to the press. And ever since then, he's ever uh, he's just been so talkative. In so many different ways. It's hilarious to me. So I I just thought it was really great. But I also know that Marshawn Lynch is working on a master's in like social work or something at Berkeley. So. No, good for him. Yeah. He's a smart guy. He went to Berkeley for his undergrad. Okay. Uh, Obviously, they brought him on there for some like uh, comedic effect. And that's fine. 
I'm okay with also, it. Also, local sports celebrity is kind of, you know, relevant. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I love he was wearing a, a – he wore his own Seattle hat. It was had the logo off to the side. It was black and white. It's fine. You do you. There's room for everybody. Uh, but I love what Seattle's been doing. Seattle has been uh, hiring a, a diverse bunch of people. They have black broadcasters. They have women in their ranks. I mean – Cami Granado is a scout for them. She's better at hockey than both her brothers. I'm I'm really starting to get into like learning about women's hockey because it's pretty important. I, I had never heard of Cami Granado and then I read up on her. I'm like, oh my God, she's better than both of her brothers. That's really great. Uh, just like the, somebody put out a tweet saying that, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jamie Alexiak joked uh, that his sister like won some award, which is like the the MVP of sports in Canada, basically over Sidney Crosby back in like 2016 so it's like <laughs> i mean like literally as we speak penny alexiak's like doing great things for canadian sports in, in tokyo so yes 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 so, <laughs> so i'm just saying like you know it's uh let's just give our love to the women who are better at sports than their brothers it's fine <laughs> i did you ever see it was um um uh, sydney crosby's sister i can't remember her name was playing who was playing um, NCAA uh, hockey and her bio on the team page said her brother Sydney comma also plays hockey. Ah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, uh, what I love too is that uh, Alexiak is 6-7 which I did not realize until the, the draft. He's a large man. And I just looked at him and his in comparison to other people and I'm like he's got to be 6-7. And so then I looked it up. I'm like, oh, my God, he's 6'7". <laughs> really... You know, he and Dougie Hamilton, who is not a small man himself, were, 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 a, defensive, were a defensive pairing for um, uh, the Ice Dogs. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, I saw them play in Sudbury once, and uh, I feel – I think the Wolves, who, of course, were bad because of the Wolves. They're always bad. Um, probably pooped themselves when they saw that much height in one, in one pairing. Oh, my <laughs> God. So anyway – what happened at this uh, expansion draft? Well, first of all, Bruins, they were the first pick announced, and they lost Jeremy Lozon. Which is interesting, because during the day, they were one of the later picks to get leaked. Oh, God. I, Yeah, Twitter was a minefield that day. I just was like, no, I don't want to know. I want this to be fun and exciting for me tonight. I'm just not going to pay attention to Twitter. I looked in an, on our group DM a couple of times, but then I was just like, nope. I don't want this that much either. So, um, yeah, I didn't want to spoil it for me uh, because I wanted to live tweet it later. And then I was like, just before that, I was like, uh, do I really want to live tweet this? Like, nobody's going to care. And then, you know what? I learned that sometimes you just live tweet for yourself. That was the lesson. So I enjoyed myself. It was fun. Yeah. So he was uh, one of the later ones to be uh, leaked, huh? Well, yeah, I thought it was going to be uh, Jakob Zaboral, uh, because that's where it was. Th that was the rumor mill that morning, due to his Jay Leach connection, of course. It was actually Lausanne, and I just don't know how to feel about that. Here's the thing about all three of those guys: they're all just a guy, like like you, you know, just sub in sub in dude McGuy, and um, it's pretty much pretty much it's the same player. Right, the third person being Connor Clifton, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he was um, the early favorite. Yeah, and I, so like, 
Okay, so Lausanne exa- losing Lausanne exasperated an already existing problem, yes. But at the same time, I'm kind of relieved that he's been removed from the equation, so Sweeney can't say, well, I only need to get one left-shot defenseman when that was never the case. Right, right. Now, um, now I have to ask you this, because this was the first thing I thought after the Dallas pick was announced. How sad are you about Jamie Oleksiak not being a UFA? So... He would have been a good good pick for Boston. I would not want any part of that fucking contract. Um, Five years, $23 million, $4.6 million cap hit. Yeah, there's no way that can't, that contract ages well. It'll be fine for a while, but like years four and five are going to be grim. A man that size, and he's already what? like well, He's 29 now or something like that? I think he's 28. He's seven years older than his sister Penny. <laughs> Well, there you go. I don't. I don't think that's a. That's that's not gonna. Yeah, twenty-eight. That's uh, a big guy. Expecting a big guy to be effective till he's thirty-three is a. It's a, it's a tall ask. Well, okay. literally. Yep. He was well, one of three players that was signed from another team and taken yes, as that pick. Uh, one uh, of the others, of course, was no surprise to anyone. Um, it was like, you know, been known for months that it would that they'd be taking Dreger. Right. 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 He signed for three years, ten point five million at uh, three point five million cap hit per year. Which like he's he doesn't have that many NHL starts, right? So that's a bit of a gamble, but he's been excellent in the ones he's had. So okay. Right. And I, and I have then, to I feel like Florida's gonna miss him because Bob is not uh, exactly stable. And like Knights played, and Knights only played six NHL games so far. So, yeah, yeah, that's a gamble. Like, don't get me wrong, Spencer Knight's almost certainly the real deal. But like, that's even like relying on him to uh, support Bob for probably forty games because season. Because you don't really want to run Bob for more than half the season at this point. I don't think. Ten million dollars. Ten million dollars, and how many more years yeah. on that? Like um, five. Oh, oh five. Jeez. It's only signed a seven-year contract, and he's done two years so far. So yeah. Oh god, that's just looking worse and worse all the time. But anyway. Mm-hmm. And then Adam Larson <laughs> from from Edmondson uh, Edmondson Edmonton. <laughs> Which is hilarious because, like, most of the justification for the Duncan Ke- for them trading for Duncan Keith seemed to center around the fact that he would p- be an excellent p- pair for Adam Larson. Whoop. <laughs> I think Adam Larson was like, "Get me out of here! Thank you, thank you, thank you." He also signed a four-year deal, sixteen million dollars, four million dollar cap hit. That that's a good deal for what he brings. He's just a really good defensive right shot. He's like a slightly smaller Brandon Carlo. Like, it's a good deal. And remember, he was traded one for one for Taylor Hall at one point. One mm-hmm. for one. So this was a one for none. <laughs> and we will talk about Taylor Hall a little bit later, okay? We have not forgotten about that. So uh, I was really surprised because I did not pay attention to Twitter that day. Uh, I was surprised that Jordan Everly was picked from the Islanders and he was there. All, in fact, Dreger, Alexiak, uh, I don't think, was Larson there? I don't remember him. But 
those guys were there in, in, you know, in their uniforms, basically not uniforms, but their jerseys. How do you feel about Yanni Gord? So they needed centers and Gord's, and Gord's a solid center, right? Yep. But I really wanted them to stick it to Tampa and like take like Alex Barboulet or, or Cal foot and just force them to figure it out. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Tampa still has to figure it out because at least one more con, at, at least one more of their, uh, of their, of their wingers has to go out and it, and it clearly seems that no one wants uh, Tyler Johnson. So guess yeah. what? Someone's getting a rental of, 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 of Andre Pilat and that's good for them, I guess. <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying because it's like, I want Tampa to pay. And they should be able to, uh, you know, they should have picked a cheaper guy from the Lightning so that, that they would have more of a problem. But, you know, GMs don't do that for whatever reason. I guess they want to still have good relationships with other teams. It's good to know that Jeff would be cutthroat. And I think that's what we really need to know. He is not a dog GM. He's not even a cat GM. Or maybe he's like the asshole cat GM. I mean, have you met my cat? Kind of anyway. <laughs> I I hope someday soon to meet your cat. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how Tuka reacts to me. But okay, so uh, Vitek Vanacek went from the Caps. I mean, the Caps are old, so you had to pick somebody young, right? <laughs> I mean, there were some defensemen that would have been worth the effort. Like all three of Brandon Dillon, Nick Jensen, and uh, and Justin Schultz were exposed, right? Yep. None of whom would have been none of whom would have been a bad pick. But, like, Vanacek also felt like one of those, you know, foregone conclusions ages ago. <laughs> yep. He basically started his way to, uh, well, not a starting job, but, you know, getting a different gig. And, you know, with Sam Samoff come off, coming back, maybe there wasn't much room for him. Who knows? I think the big take him home, home here that was weird is, like, they took a lot of, well, people that can be best described as dude McGuy. <sighs> Well, yeah, they did. They did. Uh, and maybe some of those guys are more like the AHL team that they're sharing with somebody well, else. Well, like I said, I genuinely don't know what they're up to. Like, so I but, think we'll find out more on Wednesday. All right. Because like a lot of what they've done here doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. They did get Giordano, which was, I think, a little bit of a surprise for me. Um, I mean, that was, there was a lot of talk on that one, and like Giordano is still reasonably effective. He's fallen off, right? Which is why he wasn't protected because they had three guys that they needed to protect more. Well, he's like thirty six or something, right? Seven. Thirty seven. Okay, well that's close. Um, and so like you know, I mean, and what it is is if they're not good, he's going to be a really good. Someone's going to pay. It's going to cough up a first for him with fifty percent retention at mm. the deadline. Guaranteed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Right. There there were a lot of just people who were picked. I was very excited because early on they picked Cale uh, Fleury from Montreal. And I was like, oh, he's the brother of Hayden Fleury. And then later on in the draft, they picked up Hayden Fleury. They're brothers. I'm very excited. They also, in fact, shoot opposite sides. Well, I mean, and Kale, isn't he a forward? No, no, they're both defensemen. Are they both defensemen? They are. Kale is a right D, and Flurry is a, and Hayden is a left shot who plays both sides. Huh. I thought that I thought Kale Flurry was not a defenseman. Oh my goodness. Now, mind you, they have just to have you. I am on. I'm on their cap friendly page right now. They have um, seven defensemen, NHL level defensemen, plus the two the the, the two um, AHL ones in Kale Flurry, and of course the. Dudest of dude McGuy is Gavin Gavin Bayreuther, who they took from 
Columbus. Mm. Do you know how that name would actually be pronounced if you were saying it in German? Bayreuther? Bayreuther. <laughs> yeah, you don't pronounce the H when it's put next to a T. It's like a hard T. Bayreuther. So, yes, uh, when I saw that, I was like, oof. I mean, most people would look at that name and say, that's a name. I think, oh, that's a, that's a name of a person from a town in Bavaria. <laughs> anyway yes um go on i'm sorry so we'll see i mean like i don't i don't unless they're going to be trading a bunch of these defensemen i don't really suspect that uh that kale flurry is a particularly high in the list of likely to actually be on their nhl team but we'll see but also they only have nine forwards they're doing they're doing things on wednesday but but why are you breaking my heart I'm just looking at this depth chart, and it's like, eh, nope. <laughs> That's all. All right. Well, Hayden Flurry was there in a jersey, so I think they're keeping him. I mean, he was a uh, Ron Francis draft pick when he in uh, in Carolina, right? So. Yes, he did actually make mention of that. He, I think he spoke to Ron Francis, so he was glad to be back with Ron Francis. So that's good. Well. All right. So now I'm not as excited about the brothers. We will talk about brothers again. I tell you, we will. I, I agree. There's there's stuff that will be happening with this team. They picked a lot of defensemen, and they're not keeping all of those defensemen. And they do have more stuff. They have like they still have something like twenty million dollars under the cap or something. Under the floor. Oh. Or they're, they're. I think they're well under the floor. Okay. Well, yeah. I think I saw that they were like fifty-five or something, but I could be wrong. Yeah, but the anyway. lower limit is sixty point two and at present they have fifty thousand fifty million seven hundred and ninety eight thousand three hundred and thirty three dollars against the cap. So they are nine point four million under the cap floor. All right, so they're gonna sign some people on on Wednesday for sure. Uh yes they are. Um I'm excited. I'm excited it's to see be Ducky and Landis Cog is what it's gonna be. <laughs> Oh, that would be cool. I want them to be good. That would be awesome. I just Honestly, though, them. the next two drafts are so good at the top. There's a lot of incentive, unlike with with Vegas, for them not to be. Yeah, but they gotta be. We gotta we gotta get the Kraken in the playoffs. I mean, they might fail into the playoffs anyway because the Pacific's awful, like 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 fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, it's true too. I I want them to get Landeskog. I don't know why. I just want them to. I don't have a particular affinity for him, but I, I want. The, I also I want them to get Dougie mostly because I'm just sick of the Canes, and the Canes losing Dougie would make me pleased. I thought the bright point of the night, though, was uh, on Twitter at least, was the Canes dealing with Chris Fowler calling them the Carolina Panthers, <laughs> because then they changed their avatar to a drawing that looked kind of. Like the Florida, you know, you've seen that Florida Panthers one that was drawn by a kid, right? Where the the Panther is like leaning, you know, in a certain way and looks very happy and content with its eyes closed and stuff. So they made one that looked like that, that looked like the football logo, right? <laughs> and they're like, new logo, uh, I mean, new uh, new profile pick, right? And then the Carolina Panthers got in on the action and changed their logo to the Hurricanes one, um, but, you know, with the, the Panthers colors. And then the Florida Panthers tried to get in, involved in this and <laughs> in this whole thing. <laughs> and the Carolina Panthers, in quotation marks, 
you know, the Hurricanes. They said, not now, Miami Hurricanes. <laughs> it was a whole thing. So, that whole thing, A, the drawing actually, to me, looked like the old Buffalo ban- Bonanza logo. And two, I had to hate it because I hate anything involved with the Carolina Panthers. Oh, no, I loved all this. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, my God. I, I just I just grab onto it. It was very funny because it was obviously like, hey, a guy who's not used to calling hockey games and and just messed up a line. But we're going to all go make fun of it. I thought it was great. It was good synergy. Very fun. Lots of people are just like, ESPN doesn't know what they're doing. They don't know blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? There's a learning curve. They got like, what, six years of this? So I mean, I didn't watch that broadcast, but the draft broadcast was bad. (laughs) I I actually liked Jeff Gorton on it and the with the first round that I watched, I only watched really paid attention closely to the first round. And I thought he was really good. That was the only thing. I only watched the first round. So I have no comment on that. Yeah. I, I only watched the first round, but I thought it was um, hilarious where it's like uh, Kevin weeks or somebody uh, said something like, Oh, well, you know, Gary might have something on that. And then Gary's like, I do, I have something on that. And then he announced the pick. <laughs> or it was a trade or something. I thought that was kind of fun because it was just like, but it, yeah, it was pretty lame. But then again, honestly, I don't like watching drafts. I had it on in the background because I was trying to finish up my book. I finally finished up uh, Chasing the Thrill. So uh, there you go. Okay. So any more expansion draft thoughts? Uh, it's going to be fun to see what the Kraken are going to do. It is, I think Mark Giordano might be their first captain, unless they do sign Landeskog, then Landeskog might be their first captain. I think they might do the same thing that Vegas did and just wait for a long time before they name a captain. Again, like, if they're bad, I mean, if they're making the playoffs, they're not going to sell, but if they end up being bad, like, they're not going to want someone that's going to be one of their prime deadline, uh, <laughs> deadline assets to be their captain, because that just gets awkward. Yeah, I think they they name a bunch of A's this year. That's what I think they're going to do. You know, it will be someone that's the ringleader, the, the the de facto ringleader, sort of like Derek Engeland was in Vegas, mm-hmm. and that'll probably be um, uh, Giordano. But formal captain, I don't buy it. Yeah, I mean, Vegas just announced their captain last year, uh, last season, or for the twenty one twenty twenty one season. So, so I, I think it's going to be a period of time before they do that, but that's okay. Who cares? We'll see. We'll find out what happens. I just, you know what? I just want to enjoy the cra- the Kraken right now. They don't have to be particularly Same. good for me. You know, I want to see them skate around and, uh, you know, in, in the, the new uniforms. I like having another beast. I want to see what they skate out of. Are they going to have a yeah. big Kraken thing? You know, like how the sharks skate out of the shark mouth. Are they going to do oh, that? That'd be good. I want to see that. You know, the Oilers used to skate out from under an oil rig. So I, I like that. And like that. Tampa, to their credit, got that Tesla coil. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you said testicle. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. You see, see Phil Kessel plays for, plays for, for the Coyotes. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Also, wait, with the Kraken, they have to go, like, full bore with this whole Kraken and, like, nautical thing. They have to call the 
they have to call the penalty box Davy Jones' locker. They have to. You know what, though? There, there, there are certain limits of what's, like, still cool, and I think that may be pushing, them, pushing their luck, Tim. But No, I, I, I think they've got to just, like, full bore into the nautical. Just take it by form. I want to just uh, take a little time to acknowledge this. This week, the NHL had their first active prospect uh, announce that he is gay. Luke Prokop, who is a defenseman uh, in the Predators organization, came out as gay this week. It's been a process that he's been doing over time uh, since he basically started admitting to family and friends back in March 2020. Apparently, the Predators knew, but they wanted him to take his own time to make his announcement. So what's really wonderful is that he has the support of the whole Predators organization. Uh, They have said this out loud in public. You've got David Poyle. You've got uh, Roman Yossi, who's the captain. All of these people are behind him publicly. And I hope that that is the case privately. But uh, basically, Prokop said he feels like there's been a burden that's been lifted from his shoulders because now he doesn't have to go into a room and, and, and go, oh, no. I hope they don't figure out that I'm gay or, you know, they're going to think I'm gay. Now he can be like, yep, I'm gay. And it's no big deal. It's just part of normal life. And I think it's really great that this is that we now have somebody to to watch for. Hopefully he will make it into the NHL, you know, because right now he's playing for the Calgary Hitmen. Gary Bettman came out and said that it's wonderful to have a player who's come out. So I hope everything goes really well. Yeah, I, I agree, and I wonder how much of this has to do with seeing Carl Nassib uh, of the Las Vegas Raiders uh, last month come out as well and the outpouring of support that he received. I so I, I think they're definitely related, and I think it's wonderful. I think it's it's great that Car- uh, Carl Nassib came out as well because we know that there have been football players in the past who were gay but did not come out while they were playing many many players and we know that that is probably true for hockey as well it's probably Absolutely. true for every sport mm-hmm. i wish him all the best i really want to see him in an NF, uh, nfl let's try that again nhl uniform on the ice playing his game playing it his way so it now he said he can concentrate on being a better hockey player and not worrying about the stigma of uh of being gay now people will be like oh i know a gay person Hopefully. yeah absolutely and I think a lot of a lot of players and uh, media and teens in general came out in support. It was really good to see the outpouring of support that he also received. I know it's not going to be cut and dried and very easy, but it's a good step. The more that we have people come out and say, oh, yeah, you know, by the way, I'm gay or I'm bisexual or I am wherever on whatever spectrum that's only better for everybody else because then it allows people who are young, who may be feeling the same feelings that he once felt and might feel ashamed of themselves to stop feeling ashamed of themselves and know like, Oh, there's a place in hockey for me, or there's a place in football for me or what, whatever, you know what I mean? So I think this is good. I can't wait. percent. All right. Let's go to some specifically Bruins stuff. Don Sweeney met with the media over Zoom again. For whatever reason, he blurred his background, which I 
I can't think that there was anything really too exciting in his background to blur it, but whatever. I mean, like, if you're going to do your Zoom call from a sex dungeon, just own it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Sex swing in the background? Yes. Just, you know, that's fine. Uh, maybe don't have somebody hanging out in it. It's all right. Anyway, uh, Don Sweeney had several things to talk about uh, with regards to players. Uh, one, we round, we found out that Tuca had not had his surgery yet. <laughs> Yikes. Which um, uh, um, people online reacted as, as one would expect. I was surprised to hear it, but like, honestly, like, okay, he had to, you know, they probably had to like get wait for inflammation to go down and stuff like that. Or he had some things he wanted to take care of before he went and before he started in on his eight month rehab or whatever it's going to be. Right. He is scheduled to undergo later this month, which I thought was really a, an interesting way to say it because like this was last week and like the end of the month is this week coming. Nigh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, everybody reacted reasonably for that. I, it is a major surgery. They can do it with like little incisions and cameras and whatever, but it's still, it requires a big rehab. So I, I don't Again, yeah, it's, it's a very long time of not being able to do stuff. So you want your affairs in order before you, can under, before you go under the knife. So, yeah. And also <laughs> you might want to be under the care of uh, a team and their doctors, honestly. Um you know, but because some of his rehab process, if he were to sign with the Bruins again, would have to take place at Warrior, wouldn't it? That's typically how they do things. So, yeah, so we're going to find out how his surgery went probably later this week. So he has been in constant contact, he said, with uh, Mike Riley, but they are not close on a contract I mean, Riley is probably trying to get paid for once, and that's understandable. So, like, it's hard to hold it against him, right? Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. I, I am not holding anything against anybody. I'm just stating the things that he said. Uh, he also said that he's look at, looking to add one or two defensemen this offseason. And the quote was, we're going to be aggressive on that front. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to overpay for defensemen. <laughs> I mean, it depends. Like, I feel like Keith Yandel's about to fall into his lap, which might be cheap. And like, if you, I'm okay with signing Yandel, and if they if they don't end up re-signing Riley, Riley. Yep. yep. I think I would prefer Riley of the two. However, you know, honestly, the power play would just, just didn't look right last year without Krug, and Yandel would help fix some of that. Mm-hmm. Like it still worked, but it wasn't this. It wasn't this team's power play as we've come to understand it in recent years. <laughs> and he adds a much needed extra Boston accent to the group. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I forgot about Keith Yandel and all of the stuff that happened this past week. Uh, yeah, he got bought out, huh, by the Panthers. Again, I feel again. I'm not excited about it, but like this is this is this is when this is finally going to happen after all these years, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, even Wish said, "Does this make any more sense for the Bruins?" <laughs> I and remember people have been wanting him to be traded here for years, so for him to just be since before he left, since he before he got traded from Coyotes, yeah, right. And guess what? I bet you. 
he doesn't even have to like move back here. I bet you he lived. Yeah, he definitely lives here in the off season because he usually he plays in Foxborough League. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. So it's oh my god, it's a no brainer, really. Like he's not going to get the job done. You still need um like Ryan Suter or something like that as well. But they're good. They're with that. Your your third pairing left left defenseman would be locked down. Right, right. Oh my God! Fucking I, yeah, Ryan Suter also bought out this week with Zach Parisi. Don't want any part of Zach Parisi, but I can understand looking at, at Suter. Um, for sure. <laughs> we already have more um, uh, left wings that we're really sure what to do with. So, yeah, we don't really need Parisi. But no, uh, no, especially a guy who's like got a back held together with like crazy glue. Uh- <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Yeah, I, he, Parise has not been the same player since he had that back injury and then, I guess, a subsequent surgery. So, yeah, I, not his fault. still a useful player, but, like, how useful is a question? I mean, I think part of his last year is no small part, just like he and, uh, and, and Dean of Asin just did not see eye to eye at all. <laughs> yeah, I well, I mean, rumor is that the Islanders are kicking the tires on that, so... Uh, but yeah, I forgot in all the crazy crap that happened this week, I forgot about the buyouts. So there was the the Yendel buyout, there was the Parise and the Suter buyouts, which was amazing because it was at the same time. And also, holy crap, they are going to have some real dead cap, not this year, but like next year. Next year and for the several years that follow, they're looking at 12 to 14 million in dead cap just on those two buyouts because of the bonus structure. Oh, my God. I mean, don't get me wrong. If Minnesota is doing the same thing that the Bruins are doing with with regards to tickets this season, you know, we might actually have like a a real boost in uh, the cap in the future. But I mean, not next year, but you know what I mean? I told I don't know if I I didn't tell you the specifics. I tried to get tickets to the Kraken game, right? And the club seats. I don't even I didn't even look at the price on those. But the price for Loge per ticket was two twenty five. Yeah, I, I did not buy those. Uh, I said, you know what? I'm gonna wait till it's closer to the date, and then I might go to Ace Ticket, which had better prices so <laughs> i was gonna say I mean, either that or just you know go to the games that you know ben either doesn't want to or needs a companion oh yeah no ben's well i could probably get in on the companion for the the cracking game but i think that glenn might want to go too so that uh that means we need to get tickets but anyway no i already put in for the florida panthers uh october 31st i mean not 31st 30th uh the achari and vetrano game no more dog years, but you know. <laughs> uh, I I was never going for dog years. Come on, Charlie's my boy. I'm gonna go see my. I know, boy. I know, I know. I'm just being a shit. <laughs> and also, it'll be spooky music because it's just before Halloween, so DJ Connolly's gonna play all the goth shit. It's gonna be great. <laughs> sure, they're not just gonna like play the Monster Mash and make you suffer. Oh no, I like the Monster Mash. That's fine oh, okay. too. <laughs> that, that's fine it's it's it was made by somebody who went to somerville high so uh mandy really likes that song too but anyway okay getting back to everything else and back to the Bruins stuff david Krejci is the big 
big thing uh, is the big uh, issue right now because he still hasn't made a decision or at least one he hasn't said to anyone yet. Mm, I'm not feeling good about this. I mean, I feel like we would have found out already if he weren't returning, but I also feel like, dude, you've got like till tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I mean, I know Krejci and I know he's been with the team for a long time, all that stuff. But I mean, Sweeney's got to give him some type of deadline because you got to know what you have to like do in free agency. They have enough on their plate, like to try to fix, build the roster back up and stuff like that without I, uncertainty. Yeah, if you got to be chasing Phil Dano, you got to know your you, that you need to sign Phil Dano on on um, Wednesday because he's going to go quick. Exactly, exactly. So it's like you Or know. there's apparently lots of teams kicking tires on Christian Dvorak. You can't let that sit too long. Someone else might make but might pull the trigger, right? <laughs> right. That was what I was going to ask you about. Um I might as well ask you about it now. Uh it sounded like that was really going to go down on Friday and then uh because the Bruins and Coyotes were having some real big discussions on this and then nothing. So that that apparently they're still shopping Dvorak, so that's not done yet. But yeah, it sort of changed a bit when um uh, when with that with that trade the Coyotes made with Vancouver, which like, thanks for falling on that grenade there, Jim Benning. We appreciate it. Um, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad we didn't get stuck with OEL in that contract. Oh my god, I yeah. Yeah, uh, I worried. Uh, I definitely worried because of uh, the fact that the two, uh, I mean, uh, that OEL was linked to the Bruins before in the past. And of course, that didn't happen. But, you know, um, but it sounded like, yeah, they were trying to figure out if they could find somebody who could replace Krejci. Um Somebody that uh, I... I uh, talked to on Twitter was like, oh, it sounds like Dvorak is like a Sean Corelli, except I'm like, no. No, that, that's a terrible comparison. No. It, it is. He is uh, he, He's he more had 31 of points last year. He had 31 points last year. Um, he wasn't great defensively on in his own zone, I guess, but not terrible. But So, so he rather famously in his draft plus one or two season absolutely destroyed the OHL on a line with Matthew Kachuk and Mitch Marner. Hmm. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's got a pedigree of playing with much better players and doing quite well in, in, in the process. He's just been, you know, dying on the vine in, in, in Arizona as one does. Yeah. I think, you know, it, this is where it's very interesting because of course I didn't look up any uh, of the uh, fancy stats on him. Right. And fancy stats tell more of a story. They don't tell the whole story, but they tell more of the story about the player as an individual. Uh, as Whereas, like, you know, plus minus is just not a great stat. It'll tell you if a player is, was on the ice when they were scored against or when they scored, but it won't tell you very much about that. So, um, so of course, I just looked at his quick stats, and, of course, it was like, oh, he's got a – he's a, a minus 11 – uh, plus minus and it's just like well he's on a bad team so you can't tell by looking at that stat if it's just like oh he's a bad player in these in in these uh situations 
or he's just on a bad team. Um, so I've just looked at him like, I don't know if you score 17 goals and 14 assists, um, it doesn't on a bad team. It means that you're being held back by that team. Well, and like, there's the thing is playing. He apparently had solid chemistry with Hall, with Taylor Hall when you, when Taylor Hall was there. And like in that scenario, Hall and Smith would be like some of the, would probably be the best overall line he'd ever been on. Now, would he be a satisfactory Krejci replacement? That's a different discussion. Right, right. I mean, ideally, what we want is Krejci to come back. Yes, because the the available options are will all be scoring wise downgrades. Right, right. So Hall and Krejci, they have some chemistry. I think that Krejci uh, looked like he was having more fun when they got Hall. So that's great. What's really wonderful about this is that Krejci doesn't need to babysit Hall. Okay? Yeah. He doesn't need to babysit him. So it's like that allows Krejci to just do Krejci things. Right? And we know we have seen Krejci when Krejci does Krejci things. There's that one goal. It was actually Taylor Hall's goal. But all you think about is what Krejci did to get the puck to Hall. You keep thinking it's a Krejci goal. But it, it wasn't. But he did all the work. That is what Taylor Hall brings to this team with Krejci. Okay? Just sign Krejci a year, two years. I don't care. Get him back. Let him do fun things with Taylor Hall. That's all I want. Okay? Krejci, get your ass back up here. Uh, yes, that's that would be ideally yes. That's what happens. But also, just get him to make a decision. Like, I mean, you have to have the decision made before the twenty eighth. Like, you have to know. Like, if you if if he's still kind of like undecided and stuff like that, in my opinion, you have to kind of proceed as if you weren't going to be there, because. Like, you can't hold up the rest of the team for just one player. As much as we love what he's done for the team and stuff like that, you, you can't do that. Oh, I, I know that, Tim. Today is July 25th. He has, in my eyes, he has until tomorrow to commit, not commit, whatever. Uh, because the Bruins need to work on this. There is, isn't there like a, like a, 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 small time frame that you can kind of talk to other players without signing them? No. No, the new CBA last year scrapped that completely. Oh, okay, it did. All right, well, that's okay. You still need to have a plan as to who you're going to call at 12 o'clock on... And there's not a, there's not an impressive list of, list of centers involved. And, like, I really... If they're really mean, but we owe it to these guys to do it before before Bergeron's done, they're not going to go into next season with their middle six centers being Coyle and uh, Studnicka. No, no. Gosh, no, no. No. So in my way of thinking, we need to hear something about Krejci tomorrow, which would be Monday. And then after that, you've got a plan. You it, Do you pull off the trade uh, in Arizona? Uh, definitely. I mean, if it's uh, it, it sounded like it was Jake DeBrusque that was going the other way. So yes <laughs> I just feel like Jake DeBrusque he shouldn't be here and it's not for lack of liking him I, I just feel like he needs a fresh start somewhere else 
and that's the best thing for him. And I think it's the best thing for the Bruins. So, uh, but yeah, I, we need a center. So let's work on that. If Krejci's not coming back, but they, they need to know tomorrow. All right. And one of the other things that Don Sweeney talked about was Taylor Hall and how at that point they were close to an extension. But then the next day, guess what we found out? That six by four rumor, rumor was real. It was four years, 24 million, six million per. And he has uh, some fun clauses in his uh, contract. Yes. So next year, full new mo- no movement clause. Yes, so he um, can get a place. Which, yeah, and he has no movement clause throughout the throughout the deal, but the remaining the later three years all have modified NTCs on top of the NMC. So in twenty two twenty three, he uh, has a sixteen team no trade list. And uh, 23, 24, and then 24, 25, so the back half of the deal, he has a 10-team no-trade list. Yep. Basically, Sweeney structured this specifically on the grounds that it's like, Taylor, we you can't guarantee you'll still want to be here in two years because this team is fast approaching the cliff. And okay, again, I like seeing Sweeney do th- structure deals in a way that clearly m- m- acknowledges that he, that he, he, that he knows that. Yep. Yep. I can't complain about it. Um, not at all. Uh, the term is fine. We were talking last week that five was the max term that we'd want to go. So four is fine. That's good. Six million. Yep. Okay. Uh, he's uh, he's not getting paid any more than any of the other guys there, really. So that's fine. It's a, it's a middle loaded contract, which is interesting. He only makes uh, four point five million next season with no bonuses. But in 22-23, make $6 million base with a million-dollar signing bonus. 23-24, make six-and-a-quarter base with a million-dollar signing bonus. And then 24-25, makes just five-and-a-quarter. I mean, it's like, that's, that's great. Yeah, everything's fine. Everything's great. No complaints. Everything's good. All right. So uh, so that's good. I, I feel better because it looks like, hey, we might have solved the second left wing issue that uh, has been around for a while. So now, of course, they don't figure out Krejci. We have a, a second line center problem, which is a bigger, a bigger issue. Yeah, it's much bigger. Um, um, so there are a couple RFAs that he didn't say anything about. So there's Robert Lantoshi, who, as you mentioned, is, is has signed in Sweden. Yep. They would they if they QO'd him they would still retain his rights for two years. Okay. Because he's only twenty five. But I haven't seen anything about that one way or the other. And then Callum Booth, of course, they already qualified. But like he's also just sort of a body at this point, right? He'll be yeah. Kaiser's backup. Um unless they figure out a way to get Vladash into to Providence without having getting him claimed on waivers. We'll see how that goes. Put him in the trunk of a car drive him over the border and then, you know, go into the loading bay of the Providence Civic Center or the Dunkin' Donuts Center, whatever you want to call it. Dunk, I guess it's the Dunkin' Center. It's the dunk. I don't like any of that. It's the Providence Civic Center forever. Anyway, put him into the loading bay underneath and he's in Providence. I feel like none of that manages to work its way around to the um, abstract concept of the CBA, but <laughs> I like the way you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about some of the crazy trades that happened this year around the draft. 
and before the draft and all that. We didn't really talk about the Duncan Keith trade, but I don't want to go too much into it. Let's just say Duncan Keith is now with the Oilers because that was a decision that they made. You can make, yeah. yeah. And uh, it, then they sent back uh, Seth Jones' brother Caleb, also a defenseman, to the Blackhawks. Which then we were spent about uh, two weeks being constantly told that um, uh, Caleb Jones' geography had nothing to do with whether or not Seth Jones would accept a trade to, to uh, Chicago. What, what, what was that ominous music? Um, oh, we'll circle back to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Seth Jones is now Chicago Blackhawk. He is, um, for an enormous trade. Yes. Sort of a weirdly complicated one, right? Because, um, so 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 the the, the centerpiece is um uh, um a third year pro uh, Adam Bookvist, yeah, um former first round pick, former high first round pick, um and then they also uh they ended up with the twelfth overall pick this year in, in, in the draft um on, from Friday, um and the uh, and a second this year as well, and then a first next year, which is uh, lottery protected. In exchange, the Blackhawks got Jones, the 32nd overall pick this year, so uh, Tampa's first, uh, first, and a 2022 sixth. Wow. Wow. It's a very large trade. It, it's a very large trade. And you know what I love about it? Oh, my God. There's brothers playing the blue line. <laughs> there is that. And I'm not just saying it because they're both black guys. I'm saying that they're actual brothers playing the, the blue line. <laughs> um, that didn't come off. Please don't tell me that was racist. I didn't mean that in a racist way. I'm very excited about this because I, I love Seth Jones. We all oh, know I oh, love Seth. Oh, and they shoot opposite sides. Again, oh, Caleb's, my. A, Caleb's a left shot. <laughs> oh, my God. This can't get any better. It can't get any better. And Seth can guide his little brother in this defensive journey oh my god oh his mom says she must be so proud oh my god oh my god anyway i we all know that i love seth jones um and he is the better looking of the two brothers there let's just be honest he's just a big cuddly teddy bear i love him and so i'm just excited that the brothers get to play together um uh, because i think that's a very special thing um they might not think so, but I think so. And maybe they'll live together, too. Oh, my God. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> but also, Seth Jones got a contract that they're going to have no regret in a few years. Yeah, he'll be 36 when that contract is up. So um... Yeah, so uh, he, 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 they start paying him nine and a half in the 2022-23 season. Yep. Oh, for eight years. Yep. Oh, eight years, seventy-six million dollars. Oh, that's going to be painful. But you know what? Not our problem. Not our. I mean, problem. it's I mean, going to be our problem. It gives us some reasonable bit of confidence about what um uh, McAvoy's contract in a year is going to look like. I suppose. Oh, yeah. oh, that's right. I didn't think about that. Yeah. It's Honestly, though, like McAvoy's probably going to be closer to worth that than Jones is, though. So. There's just Jeff. There's just go. He's just constantly trying to make me sad. Trying to make me sad. Oh my God. And he can't even see my face right now. Just know it's very sad. Frowny face. All right. But I'm very excited. Okay. I can just let me be excited about something dumb. 
<laughs> and and you know yes i know that mcavoy is going to get paid and whatever okay fine uh they should sign him this year but whatever no, i was gonna say he's him. eligible to sign starting wednesday starting wednesday they should just get it done just get it Absolutely. done before it's too expensive okay uh so then just so many bonkers things like columbus blue jack has just said fuck it <laughs> Let's get rid of everybody. Everybody's got a character problem. They got rid of Cam Atkinson. They sent him to the Flyers so they could take he, on... He was part of their draft party the night before. Oh, my <laughs> God. And and they sent him from for problem child, uh, Jakob Voracek. Ugh. Like, straight up. It's a weird deal. I mean... Atkinson had a lot of term, which is Voracek doesn't have a ton, if I recall. Think, um, hang on, let me bring these up. Yeah, Atkinson has some um, four more seasons at five at five two seven five. Voracek only has three more at eight and a quarter. Mm. I mean, I realize you know they they have gotten rid of a lot of their pieces over the last year. In fact, uh, the, uh, somebody I know sh- uh, showed me a picture of like from their out of context uh, Columbus Blue Jackets where there's only like there's a bunch of people hanging out in, in Nashville from the team and the- everybody's X'd out except for one player. <laughs> I think that's Boone Jenner. <laughs> They're all gone. Who's, who's a UFA in a year, which means he's going out at the deadline. Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, my God. This is so bad. For, from their t- to give you somebody from their team that beats Tampa, they have Corpusallo, Wierenski, Gavrikov, Kukin, Bjorkstrand, Jenner, and I think that might be it. <laughs> that was only three years ago. <laughs> I've been thinking about this Columbus thing for a little bit, and they had to talk John Tortorella into coming back to coach for last season. Because he, he said he mistake. wanted out. Yeah, he wanted out, and it was Nick Felino who talked him into it, who said, come on back for one more year, come on. Well, it was a disastrous year, and Nick Felino ended up getting traded out of town as well. So when the New York Rangers fire Jeff Gordon and, uh, what's his name, Pete Davidson, Davidson went scurrying back to the Columbus Blue Jackets, right? Um, right away, and, almost instantly. And I know that he built that team. Uh, he was there for a long time, and he built that team. But everybody's gone now. So I, I mean, and you know, Pete Davidson is the uh, president of hockey operations. He's not the GM, obviously. John but, Davidson. Oh, John Davidson. Did I say Pete Davidson? Pete, Dav- Pete Davidson is something very different. <laughs> All right. Skip all that stuff I said. I meant John Davidson. I had his face in my head. It was not Pete Davidson from SNL, I swear. <laughs> he just looks like a Pete to me, though. John Davidson went back to the, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and he had built that team before, and now everybody's gone. So this is fun. What a great and look. He and Yarmo have term on their contracts, so they, the ownership's clearly giving them runway to fix this. Oh, boy. They're going to need some time to fix it, aren't they? Now, am I reading this correctly? Columbus did get Jake Bean. Yes, they did. They used the second from the that they got in the Jones trade. Oh yeah. They immediately flipped it to Carolina 
for Jake Bean, which um, that's that's a tidy little deal actually. You know, yeah. Jake Bean was a uh, was taken just before McAvoy in 2016. Oops. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, like Columbus is blowing it up. Don't know, understand what's uh, why Arizona is also just like giving everybody away, but also taking on people that they should not take on. But all those deals they took on, well, okay, okay. The, the lad contracts really the only just like objectively awful deal they took on. Like Ghost of Bears got a couple years on his term, but he's still a useful player. Well, yeah. Let's talk about Andrew Ladd for a minute. You know, so they traded him there. New York Islanders will get future considerations, right? That that's code for nothing. Right. So if Andrew Ladd plays not next season, the season the following season. Right. If he plays in any pro games in 2022 or 2023 or I mean 2022 to 2023 while under contract, right? He the 2023 conditional third will not be transferred. Or if he retires prior to conclusion. No, 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 no. If he plays, the, if he plays, the, the Coyotes get that third. Or if he retires, they get that third. Oh, no, no, not. This has changed completely since when the first, since the trade happened. There's a lot more information. There. I looked this up on Cap Friendly last night. I did. Like, I'm looking at it now and I'm caught off guard because it's not what it said a couple of days ago. Okay, well, <laughs> I, what I'm saying is directly what I wrote down from uh, Cap Friendly. It says... That the, uh, you know, it was Andrew Ladd and uh, Arizona also gets a 2021 second round draft pick, which has already happened. And so they get a 2022 conditional second round pick. And they uh, is that condition on that is that they will receive the better of the two picks that the Islanders currently hold for next year's draft, which is uh, one of their own and one from Colorado. Presumably from what the Devon Taves uh, uh, yeah, the Devin Taves trade, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, so now the 2023 conditional third round pick, because everybody's very interested in this. Everybody loves contract talk. But anyway, the pick will not be transferred if Ladd plays in any pro games in 2022 to 2023 while under contract, or if he retri- uh, retires prior to conclusion of the 2022-2023 regular season. So basically... If they get any value or do, or the problem goes away. <laughs> also the wording it means if they it means they, they, that coyotes can't play coy and flip him before that season and he and have him play and, and still get the pick because it just says under his current contract it doesn't say anything about playing for the coyotes right right it's all about the contract so oh my god it is like it's amazing it's like so basically, Arizona was like taking him on, hoping that he was dead. <laughs> yep. But And so then, you know, Arizona did pull off a trade. They were talking about trading with the Bruins. Uh, and we'll, we'll figure out if that happens at some point. But they got, oh, my God. you Okay, how sad were you about Connor Garland as well? His rights. I'm, I'm upset, but I got comments on that. But, but, but. Hang on, yeah. So the Canucks acquired Connor Garland's signing rights and OEL with a twelve percent retention in exchange for a Vancouver's twenty twenty one first going to going to Arizona, uh, a twenty twenty two second, and a twenty twenty three seventh, and basically a bunch of spare parts. The final years of Antoine Roussel, 
Jay Beagle and Louis Erickson's contracts. Well, the surprise to me was that Roussel was still playing. <laughs> I knew about He's probably others. the most useful of the three at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you put them all together, you might get a player. Now, I'll point out that all three of them make much, much less than their cap hits right now. And again, they all expire next next July. So basically, Vancouver flipped a bunch of their short-term cap problems in exchange for Arizona's big, big, massive sort of Damocles long-term cap problem. Because mm. Jim Benning is Jim Benning. How does that guy still have a job? I don't know. Because uh. basically the first, the second, and the seventh, you could argue that's the price for Connor, for Connor Garland. Yep. And then there's just they played and traded and they they just traded a bucket a bucket of spare parts in exchange for the for, for the um uh for the lukewarm corpse of OEL. Mm. Okay. Uh so then we have other things here. Sam Reinhardt. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Oh, I was going to go back further in time on Buffalo related, related things like, say, the Flyers is paying entirely too much for fucking Rasmus Ristolainen. Buffalo, also another team blowing shit up, perhaps getting something better out of it. I mean, so getting rid of Rasmus Ristolainen is on its own, even if they got nothing for him, a benefit for the Buffalo. He's bad. He's very bad. One of those cases that even like analyst, analytical folks will say he's probably not as bad as the analytics say, but he's still pretty harsh. He's being paid too much, and they were playing him on the top pairing where he has no business being. The Flyers saw this and it's like, oh, we can use him as our second pairing right D <laughs> or left. Yeah, um, and so they traded him a first and a first this year, a second in 2023, and um, uh, Robert Hogg for for Ristolainen. <laughs> Between so you know if you pair this with the um uh, cap dump to get rid of uh, Ghostus Bear earlier in the day, or the day before, which was a Ghostus Bear a second and a seventh for nothing. Yeah, future considerations not good. I mean they yeah. they they put him on the waiver wire last year, so so in essence they paid considerably more for Ristolainen than Calgary gave Boston for Dougie Hamilton. <laughs> a first two seconds but also a seventh and two serviceable and unspectacular defensemen. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Now, this wasn't also, this wasn't Flyers first move. Of course, um, in advance of the draft, they uh, acquired Ryan Ellis from the Preds. Yes. For not a whole lot. Uh, no, uh, they gave up Nolan Patrick and Philippe Myers. And uh, the Preds wanted no part of Patrick and immediately flipped him to, to Vegas for Cody Glass. Yep. So basically, Preds just disposed of Ryan Ellis, which is an interesting choice to make about your top pairing right defenseman, but okay. Yeah. I'm not really clear on what they're doing there at all. Their protection list was fucking weird. I, I don't know either. I, you know that Poyle's like a magician, so... Um... He's he's got something going, but uh, I I don't understand what it is myself. He's playing a, a different level. On uh, Nashville notes, incidentally, um, uh, Craig, um, uh, um, Craig you know, Conroy seems to think that Ryan Johansson would be a good contract, a good target for Boston if Krejci doesn't resign, and I could not disagree more. Yeah, I'm not yeah, a big no fan of it. 
Not a big like even if like with maybe with like max retention, but like even then, no thank you. Um, look, if if Nashville wants to get rid of a guy that they uh, overpaid for, no, that's okay. <laughs> and I they, know where you're it, going with this, and just stop. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not going any further with it. I'm just saying, like, they had him under contract, and they overpaid for him. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's not like they picked him up in in uh, UFA time and and overpaid for him. They had him and overpaid for him. And, and Ryan Johansson's just or Johansson's just gone downhill faster. I mean. uh where did you think I was going with this? No, I was. When you said if they if they want to get rid of someone they've overpaid, I thought you were about to say Yossi. You say we'll take Yossi off his hands, and it's like let's just not even have this conversation. Sorry. No, I was not going to say that, but I think that basically we all know where I stand on that. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why I assumed that's where you were going. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, no, I mean Yossi is making a huge amount of money and I know the pa- uh, the Patriots that's right. Well, the Patriots would never pay for him, but the Bruins would also never pay that. So, uh and no, uh, they're not going to take Yossi away from from them. He's uh, yeah. No, I'm just saying uh, Johansson or uh, Johansson. Ugh. Uh I no, no on Johansson. Thank you. Okay. Anyway, in terms of other stupid trade, the Rangers traded away um uh, Pavel Bushnevich. For a second and Sammy Blay. Yep. Oh, wait a minute. We didn't talk about Reinhardt. Did we say anything about Reinhardt? Well, that, we haven't even gotten to that chronologically yet. Okay. All right. Fine. I, I just... think that's the last one. I think that's the last one lingering at this point. But like that, that, that Rangers trade doesn't make any sense to me. Um. Yeah, I don't know. They're trying not to pay Butchnevich, but like he's he's a bona fide top line right wing are they trying to make room for somebody else well yes apparently because they promptly signed you know um uh, barclay goodrow for like as oh. much money as he'd make if he was actually a law firm as opposed to sounds like one <laughs> um that's funny i always think that his name sounds kind of like a um it sounds like a dog's name barclay good boy except it's goodrow <laughs> I don't know. I get I get strong law, law, law firm vibes from that name. Okay. Yeah. Well, I get dog name, so there we go. Well, it's Barclay, not Barkley. So, like, come on. <laughs> All right. Fine. Moving on. Let me get this straight. Carolina traded their goalie. One of their goalies. Ne- Alex Nedeljkovic. Yep. For the the opportunity for Carolina to sign Jonathan Bernier, maybe. And like a third. Okay. This is the guy that had like just sort of emerged as presumably their goalie of the future, but they didn't want to pay him 3 million for two years. Cause that's what he immediately signed in Detroit for. Yeah. And Iserman basically said, I don't know. You'll have to ask them why they didn't want to pay him. <laughs> Which I thought was really funny. <laughs> it seems like to me that Carolina has a cash flow problem, and not just like with the cap, but like actual cap, actual capital and cash, like the owner. We've been because... told repeatedly that that's not why this happens. 
But I mean, but like none of but none of the other explanations make any fucking sense. So exactly. I yeah, I don't think it's a matter of like they have an actual cash flow problem, but they have a uh, you know uh, their owner has imposed a cash flow issue. I mean, and of course, at this moment they're also still trying to re-sign Dougie, and they need to give um, uh, Svechnikov his second contract. So like, okay, I can sort of see it, but yes, what a mess. Still- yeah, so lots of lots of funny, funny things that happened, huh? So yeah, many. and then okay, you've been you've probed on it several times, and of course, uh, yesterday the Panthers acquired Sam Reinhart from Buffalo for a fir- for a first next year, and Devin Levi, who was a seventh pick a year, seventh round pick last fall, and then proceeded to. Um, Canada's uh, unexpected starting goalie in the World Juniors played well. Had no path forward in 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 in, in, in Florida, so he was basically found money, right? Yep. Now that seems like a pretty meager return for Reinhardt. Yeah, wasn't he supposed to be one of their most important players? Uh, yeah, and like he recently just came off one of his best stretches of play in his career. What I. I don't understand what Buffalo's doing. Yeah, so like my understanding is the reason the the price was down a little bit is because he is he's an RFA and he could sign a one he could just sign his QO and be a and be a UFA in a year. Oh. So there's a certain degree of concern over that, I guess. Yeah, but that shouldn't have been enough to depress his value that much. No. No. I think that they just got screwed. But yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, a seventh, a former seventh round pick, and a, it's, a, it's a seventh round pick, and a conditional and a protection. And no, it's not even, it's not even lottery protected. It's if the pick is in the top ten protected, gets mm. bumped to the next year. <sighs> so there's probably going to be a lot more stuff that happens this week. Free agency starts on Wednesday, right? Yes. Ooh, boy, that's going to be fun. I can't wait. Another thing that happened this week was the actual NHL entry draft. Do they even call it the entry draft anymore? I don't know. But anyway. Yes, they do. Okay. Awkward, of course. And the Bruins had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks. Seven picks. Uh, no second round pick. Um, they did have two uh, sevenths because last year they traded their seventh to um uh leaps for the leaf seventh this year by the way i just want to say the the (laughs) does anybody else do this you see tml for the toronto maple leafs right and you just sit there and you're like oh is that kind of like fuck my life like toronto my life (laughs) (laughs) i actually have never once thought that okay Jeez, Tim, usually I'm the one with the body slam. <laughs> wow. Ganging up on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who can cut you guys out of the podcast easily? Hmm. Yes, yes. You, you, you totally would have released a show of you talking to yourself, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I have an idea now. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so the draft picks. Uh, so... Jeff knows way more about these draft things, except I do want to talk a little bit about the first pick by the Bruins, which 
is still labeled as 21st, even though it was the 20th pick. <laughs> yeah, that really um, annoyed me, and I'm still disappointed that Arizona didn't win the lottery, except they would have just redrawn, apparently, instead of just, you know, having the first be null. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the first pick of the uh, Bruins draft was uh, at 21, and it was a Fabian Lysel, who's a right winger from Sweden. Yes, um, uh, and he's a very not Sweeney pick. It sounds like he relied heavily upon uh, PJ Axelson. Very much so. It sounds like 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 Pevin did a lot of due diligence here because uh, Lysel was a very polarizing um, uh, prospect going into the draft. One of the fastest and best skaters on the small side. And one of the more talented, you know, really, really good with the puck. He's got nice edge work. He, he handles the puck fantastically. Goes, goes to the net fearlessly. But there were a few concerns that seemed to be hanging over him that made him very polarizing. The nebulous character issues that came up. I read Ty Anderson's piece yesterday that seemed to suggest that it's because he switched leagues in Sweden. Yeah, so it was um he was playing for um uh, for Alunda's uh, junior ju- uh, junior team, and felt he should have been with the big club, and as a result, and got uh, got uh, traded to Lea partway through the season. Okay. And he didn't and he didn't get a lot of minutes there, and didn't do a ton with them either. Right. Um, but then did really well at the under eighteen worlds in Dallas. From what I understood from the whole thing was that he was betting on himself. And isn't that what you want guys to do? Don't you want them to think that they can do better? They can play better? And granted, yeah, okay, so he acted like a 17-year-old, basically, in the respect that it's like he didn't make the most of his opportunity. That sucks, but that's not the end of it for him. I I guess if you want to call these character issues, fine, call them character issues. They're not huge problems to me. I think. And considering in the context of this draft, what happened 10 picks later, it shouldn't even be a conversation. Mm. Do we want to, do we want to tear into that at all? Or do we just, just not want to, I think everybody knows the story of uh, Logan. Was it mail you? Yeah. Everybody knows that story. They, they know uh, that uh, to briefly summarize it, he uh, had sexual relations with a woman, uh, a young woman in in Sweden, probably around his age. He was like 17 at the time. Uh, he took a picture, but he shared that with his teammates without her consent. And in Sweden, they have very, very strict uh, laws regarding sexual assault and uh, sexual relations of any kind. So remember, Julian Assange uh, took off a condom while he was having sex with a woman and that got elevated to rape, which don't get me wrong, it is. Because if you take it off without consent, that is a super shitty thing to do. You are no longer under the same consent that you were in the beginning, okay? But I digress. My point is, is that uh, he actually was convicted by a court, had to pay a fine, and she came out saying, oh, all I wanted from him was a heartfelt, real apology, and he's never given me that. Uh, it seems to me that the whole Melu thing is the uh, he's ashamed he got caught and he has to make himself seem better 
uh, so that a team will pick him. And then he even went so far as to say, no, no, please don't draft me. I will make myself better and come back stronger next year. But, you know, Mark Bergevin is an asshole. And uh, he decided to go ahead and, and pick this guy in the first round. This guy could have, you know, I'm not saying you should have drafted him at all. I'm just saying that maybe don't make a statement and draft him in the first round. Yeah, if you need to put together a statement for your draft pick and release it right in advance of picking them and le- release it right, right right of way, maybe you're uh, maybe you're doing the wrong thing. Yep. Saying. Yep. I would feel honestly, uh, as a woman, if I were a fan of the Habs, which I'm not, I would be. I would feel utterly betrayed by them because I feel like you're just encouraging bad behavior. You say that you're you're making him go on this path or he you're helping him on this path to becoming a better man. I look at it as being uh, rewarded for bad behavior, uh, really, really shitty, awful behavior. And you know what? He may become a, a good guy at some point. But right now, I can't see it. And I think that this is all a very bad situation. I was going to say, he's got no reason to actually learn. No, because you rewarded him. By picking him in the first round. Okay? You didn't even make him sweat it to the seventh round. You picked him in the first. It's just, you know, any, any goodwill that people had for the Habs for making it to the Stanley Cup against all odds, defying everything. You know, where people would say, oh, but they're the more likable team. I even said that at one point. Not that I was rooting for them, but I felt they were more I mean, likable than the Bolts. And more, and more likable is a relative term here. That's the important part there, right? <laughs> it is. It is. But any any goodwill and uh, enmity that you felt for them at that point is gone. It's gone. I, I just, you know, I'm just glad that my team isn't that shitty. Okay, because there's a bunch of shittiness that we're not going to get into about the NHL. Maybe we'll do that some other time. But I'm just glad that, uh, you know, I can sit here and at least go, my team's not that shitty. Um, And, you know, I I would say that maybe the shittiest that we probably had was something Tyler Sagan was doing years ago. And, well, the team decided to move on from him. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, yeah, I, I'm pissed off about it. I'm still pissed off about it. We went on a long rant about this in the pre-show. So so I will take uh, Lysel's character issues over that piece of shit. Again, just a, fan, just a fantastic pick in that spot. By the sounds of it, they genuinely expected him to make it to them, too. Because they did a lot of due diligence there. Probably as they looked at it, it's like, this guy's going to fall. We're in the range that you probably got to seriously consider it. Let's have, let's let's do let, let's look into this properly. Which, like, to their credit, none of this Trent Frederick or or, or John Beecher bullshit, right? Where you reach for the pick, right? Well, last year said this is a guy who's who's who who unlike certain other players isn't a lock to make the show, but if he does, he's going to be a star. As opposed to yeah, he'll probably make it, but like eh, <laughs> right, right. Right. I mean, I just don't see a, a huge upside on Trent Frederick, but whatever. Uh, but if this guy can turn out to be another pasta-like player, that would be fantastic, wouldn't it? 
as I said, I'm just pumped about the sky high about the about the sky high upside. We haven't they haven't drafted someone like that in a long time. Right, right. So go on with the the rest of the the picks okay. here. So of course Bruins didn't have a second round pick because that went to, because that was what they used to get them uh, get Taylor Hall and Curtis Lazar. But in the third, they had the good fortune of uh, drafting um, a center, Brett Harrison. Brett plays for uh, Oshawa in the OHL. Of course, he didn't play this past season, um, except at the under-18 Worlds. Mm. Uh, pretty good pick at that height. Don't know a ton about him. He's a he's a good-sized dude, you know, 6'2", uh, 188, so a little lanky. Um, apparently, according to scouting reports, smart player. Good, good vision, make some hard plays. You don't want to get in his way when he puts his shoulder down. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. He was, but like 85 is good value there. And apparently, according to Corey Pronman, he was a, a player who some prospects were saying may go late first, second if he'd actually had a season. But of course, the OHL didn't. Mm. Well, for good reason, honestly. Yes. So that so the, the, those are the high points, the, the, the true high points. Um, a lot of the the um, uh, the, the, the the public sphere uh, scouts seem to not think highly of their next three picks. But um, third round, they they picked a goaltender, a Swedish gold name, gold, 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 goaltender by the name of Philip Svedback or Svedback. Oh, I thought it was Svedback. But oh, anyway, Tim is destined to love him. Yes, Svedberg's evil cousin. <laughs> um, oh. uh, he's a 6'3", 192-pound goalie, so he's a big guy. Apparently, um, uh, good hockey sense. He's pretty efficient in the net, good technique. Doesn't have great side-to-side -side quickness, which, like, raises some... Which, which gives me some, um, uh, some, Chad, some Chad Johnson uh, flashbacks, but okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> Um, so, okay, fine. Um, and, and then the fifth round, uh, they went to Sweden again uh, from uh, Your Gardens. Uh, Oscar Jelvik. Jelvik. Left wing. Jelvik. Uh, uh, left wing. Did 12 points in 13 games in the uh, Swedish in the Swedish uh, under-20 league. Again, I like, use a lot of the athletic. Neither Scott Wheeler nor Corey Pronman seem to think particularly highly of him. But they both can see that there are other people in the public sphere that think Brad that think very highly of him. So okay, whatever. Um, then the sixth round, they went to the OHL again. Two pick players from the OHL, like Don Sweeney. Who are you? Because <laughs> like um, I think the Studnicka drafts the last year, he picked anyone from any of the CHL teams leagues. <laughs> Anyway, so Ryan Mast, who is a uh, with a name like that, you can guess he's a very large defenseman because, of course, you know, you know, your six four defenseman named with with a name like Mast, this makes sense, I guess. It um, does. He's a right shot. He's going back to play for Sarnia again next year. He didn't play at all this year. Um, he um, uh, you know, saying he's likes trying to be, be Carlo is what he tries to be. Okay. Yeah, I thought you might like to hear that. Yeah. So he'll replace Carlo at some point. <laughs> or, you know, 
Well, maybe that's a, that's a Carl's got a lot of contract and Ryan Mass and Ryan Mass runway isn't six years. So, <laughs> um, anyway, so that and then in the seventh, and this is interesting. In the seventh, the, the, the public sphere folks seem to really like what what Boston did there. So at two thirteen, Boston took uh, Andre Gasso, who, despite sounding exceedingly French, is um, from California. Oh. Yeah, no, a big center played for national team development program and is supposed to be going to, I believe he's a, where is it hiding? Why does Elite Prospects not even have him? I had him on, I think he's a BC, oh, he's BU, okay, I couldn't remember if he or Gallagher was BU and which one was BC, okay. Oh, I'm not sure, actually, now that I think about it. I think, I think Gallagher is the BU comment. Okay, I'm gonna look it I think up. Gasso might be the BC com- commit, comment, but I'm not 100. Uh, percent Anyway, um, uh, yeah, know, yeah, Gallagher is BU. So okay, yeah. So um, uh, big um, uh, center. Uh, he's a six four, two o five. Bit of a project. Plays played the lower lines the national team development program this year. Put up. 27 in, in 12, 15, 27 in 42 games in uh, for the national team and under, under in, uh, for the national under 18 team. Um, but in at national team development program games in the USHL, he only did three, five, and eight in 23 games. So he's a project. Big centerman. Okay. And uh, last pick, a couple picks later, they um, uh, went with. Um, uh, Ty Gallagher, a defenseman also with the National Team Development Program. Uh, public Sphere seems to think very highly of him. He's not a great skater, but uh, he's got really good shot, really good vision. We'll see how skating develops, but skating's the easiest thing to fix in a player. With the right coaching. Right? Okay, yeah. So uh, not a bad draft altogether. A lot of people are saying this is probably Sweeney's best draft. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. I like I like what he did here. So it sounds it sounds all very good. I'm sorry, I was just distracted by something I just saw. So uh, I wanted to find out why uh, Gallagher chose BU when he was once committed to uh, Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame, I should say. But the uh, Nesson page that that story was on, it was so cluttered and awful, it wouldn't load. <laughs> like, yeah, Nesson's website's not good. It's terrible. <laughs> it's really, really terrible. So I guess it'll be a mystery. <laughs> That's how it is. But yeah, uh, I'm glad that uh, everybody seems to like this trade because I'm so tired of people saying, oh, I should have been blah, 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 blah. Can I can I note some things about other areas of the trade that I thought were fun? Please. Okay. I mean, not trade the uh, uh, the draft. Other areas of the draft that I thought were fun. Um, the Devils drafted Luke Hughes, who is the younger brother of Jacques Hughes. <laughs> And Jack might have been more excited than Luke. I, I, oh man, I think it's just so great. Brothers! 
And poor Quinn. Poor Quinn just looked like he feels left out. So like uh, trade and some of his co- and some of his comments in the later interviews. Like yeah, I hope you know, one day I get to play with my brothers too, which I'm hoping caused enormous amounts of heartburn for Vancouver fans. Oh my God. Well, I mean, I don't care about Vancouver fans. Uh, I want, I want to start a petition to get Quinn Hughes traded to to, to New Jersey. Because <laughs> they all got to get together. I want to see it. They all can live together and they get bug beds. Ah! <laughs> And then the Avs, they they drafted Kale McCarr's brother Taylor. Brothers. Ah! Um, the the um, uh, Blackhawks also um, uh, drafted Col- uh, drafted Kirby Doc's younger brother too. <laughs> Brothers. Ah! <laughs> Love it. Love it. And I, I do want to say one last thing: Tyler Boucher, son of Brian Boucher, son of Rhode Island. Went 10th overall to the Senators. So my comment on that is, you know, A, good for Tyler Boucher. Fucking A, kid. Yeah. Great. That's a nice distinction. However, and I will also say that he sounds like a really fantastic prospect, but he had no business um, being drafted there. That's some Zach's edition shit right there that that, 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 uh, the Sens pulled. Okay. Well, all I know is this. Is that they they spoke with Brian Boucher, who is a an employee of ESPN, but not on that night. He that, seemed pretty. Uh, he seemed pretty like like choked up. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It was very nice. It was. I love to see men very proud of their sons get a little choked up. Uh, obviously, he was very. He was there at the national uh, team development uh, draft party there, um, because you know, of course, his son is part of Team USA. Uh, they. I had read about how his son actually didn't go to Mount St. Charles like I thought he had, but he went to like the old Avon farms or something like that out in Connecticut. And Brian Boucher didn't feel like he was getting enough hockey there to be able to make it to the the big league. So they made the decision to have him billet out in, in Michigan and be with the national team full time, you know, while going to high school out there, obviously. So you thank the billet team as well. That they made a decision to send him away, not to 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 just some like you know private school or something to the national te- uh, development team, so that he could develop into the player that well got drafted tenth overall, even if he didn't deserve to be there. So, uh, in your thinking, but anyway, it was nice to see. It was it was good to see Brian Boucher play the happy dad instead of the guy between the glass. Or, you know, the color guy. In terms of NHL bloodline stories, there was another one around the same place in the um, uh, first round that's worth mentioning. The um, uh, Blue, ja- Blue Jackets drafted um, uh, uh, Cole Sillinger, twelfth uh, overall, technically eleventh, but whatever. His dad, Mike Sillinger, played for the Blue Jackets, and he was born like five days before the Blue Jackets traded him to the Isles. Traded his dad to the Isles. Oh. So he was born in Columbus. Oh, that's sweet. Here's another thing that's interesting. Arizona, at some point, they drafted the son of Shane Doan. 
again, probably entirely too high, but like obviously they were going to do it, and I'm gadget they were going to draft Don's kid and made a point of making sure that they were the ones to do it. So like you know that's fair. Yep, I mean that kid was probably born in Arizona too. If he wasn't born there, he's also going to Arizona State, I believe too, right? Yeah, he's an Arizona State comment. Yeah. Wow, it's like triple Arizona. Oh my god, so much, so much. Oh, and and Shane Doan just retired like a couple years ago. It's kind of crazy. Speaking of retirements, did you just happen to see this message that uh, apparently it looks like Yarmolson might uh, just retire? Yep. Yeah, well, apparently, yeah, apparently, um, Nicholas Yalmerson's retiring, which is like okay, he would have been a a solid short term lefty target for Boston, but okay. Yep. <laughs> Mazel tov. Happy trails. Okay, so one last thing I wanted to get into in this very, again, long podcast is um, schedule was announced this year. I mean, uh, this year. Let's try it again. The, the schedule was announced. The Boston Bruins schedule is the one I'm thinking about in particular. But uh, yeah, so we know when everybody's playing. And here's what's really fun. Ready? One, the uh, NHL is returning to the Olympics. So that's pretty cool. Two... I have broken down how many games are in. No, no, are they? Yeah, no, they don't know for sure. Off. They're not. They're, they're not. Send, they, they haven't committed to sending players yet, but they're just not playing during the Olympics. Oh. Yeah, they just they gave the time off, but we don't know yet for sure if they're going to. I think they will. I mean, if they're not bothering to air games during that stretch, and they don't, it's not like they any, still had the uh, the issue of uh, NBC having both their rights and the uh, Olympic rights because, you know, NBC is no longer a factor, but. Yeah, well, all right, fine. I said it wrong, but I'm predicting that they're going back to the Olympics. Where are the Olympics this time? China, Beijing. Oh, yeah, they're going. Come on. Yeah. They're... Oh, they're going. If, I, I'm, wait, wait, you're going to see. I bet it's a lot of players go rogue if they don't. Yeah. So, okay, even if the NHL isn't committing to going back to the Olympics, NHL players will go to the Olympics. All right? So just like you said, they'll go rogue. Okay, so fine. It's it's not a done deal, but it's just about a done deal. Uh, but it, the NHL has done so much to try to grow the game in China. I can't imagine. It would be such a, such a brutal misplay on the league's part if they didn't. Yeah, I can understand why they didn't go to South Korea. I mean, I think it was a mistake, but I can understand why they didn't. But there's no way they're passing up on China. They're just, they're waiting for the right time to make the announcement. That's all. I mean, the right time to make the announcement was just get it over with and make the fucking announcement. But whatever, okay. <laughs> Trust me, they're they're trying to make the best thing. Let's talk about how many games per month the Bruins are going to play. Because this is fun. Uh, in October, they will play seven games. Only three of those are at home, by the way. November, they're going to play 12. December, 13. January, 16. February, 4. Only four. Olympic break. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, extended all-star break and Olympics. Yes. Uh, March, they're playing 15. And April, they're playing 15 with the last game in April on the 29th. So that means, A, if the Bruins make the playoffs, then I get a birthday playoff game, which is awesome. Schedule starts October 16th, ends April 29th. That is a long season, you know, a sizable break in February, obviously. And 16 and games, uh, oh, God, that's a lot. That's a lot in January. 
That January schedule is brutal. There is exactly one two-day break the entire month. Oh, my God. I just, I can't. Ugh. So so things that we need to uh, to find out, or not find out here, things that are important. The first game is at home against the Dallas uh, Stars on, Stars. Yep, on uh, October 16th. Uh, the last game of this season is April 29th at the Toronto Maple Leafs, by the way. So that could be a very interesting game with real playoff seating implications. Implications. That's the word. Thank you, Tim. The first meeting against the Maple Leafs is on November 6th. A first game against the Kraken is on the 1st of, of February in 2022. I tried to get tickets for that, and I will get tickets for that. But Incidentally, that's their, because partly because of the lengthy break for the Olympics. That game is the last home game for over a month. Yes. There is no home games between February 2nd until March 7th. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's five weeks, basically. Yeah. And then their next game after that is at Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle on the 24th of uh, February. Oh, and that's that's a oh, no, that's a Pacific Coast swing. Like that's like five games in a row that I'm not likely to be able to watch because they're going to start at like four in the morning for me. Slight slight exaggeration, but you get the idea because Seattle, San Jose, Los Angeles, Anaheim, Vegas. That's a lot of Pacific time games in a row. Will you be able to like catch a replay? It's not really my jam, but it might have to be because it'll have been a lengthy period without hockey at that stage. All I mean, right. I'll probably be able to see the San Jose game because it's a Saturday, but the other ones are all weeknights. So, see, nope. Yeah, the San Jose one is not the one you want to see. So, I don't know. Take a day off. I don't know. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> My advice, take a day off. <laughs> It's important. The All-Star Game break is the February 4th to the 5th in Vegas. It's in Vegas. That's fun. Oh, 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 oh. And the first game against Montreal or with Montreal is at home on the 14th of November. So that's that's fun. We haven't played them in a long time. So, yeah, there we go. Those are the important points of the schedule. Anybody can go take a look at the schedule on the Bruins website. And uh, keep in mind, tickets this season are stupidly expensive. Well, the, the Montreal games are like really cleanly spread out. One in November, one in December, one in January, one in March. Yeah, you know what? I kind of like that. I, I don't need them all too. bunched together. But I'm not happy that some of them are, at least one of them is is on the back end of a back-to-back. -back, so that's not Well, fun. I mean, I also still... But another one's the front end of a back-to-back, -back, so... That's... That, that I like. It's fine. But, like, you know, I still don't understand why, like, we play some um, Atlantic teams five times, some four. Why are the Habs always one of the four times ones? Who knows? I don't I, fucking want to play... I don't want to I don't want to play Buffalo or, 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 or Florida at all, let alone watch five times. Fuck. <laughs> I don't know, but you know what? I have to say one thing that that really caught my eye this this week was somebody was talking about rearranging uh, I mean adding games to the schedule. Oh, it was the Athletic cuz they did their um their survey, their fan survey, and they were somebody had worked it out so that you could have even an even number of games between all of the teams in your division and then or at least you know 
I guess in some divisions, you can figure it out. But it basically, it, the idea was to add two more games so that it would work out a little bit easier so that you play everybody in your division the same amount of times. And then you'd be able to play. And it was like, so it was like an 84 game season. And I was like, well, that makes sense. Not that I want more hockey. Apparently people want more hockey. They don't want less hockey like I do. So I guess I'm in the minority. It's so exhausting. Like, why would why would you need? Why would people want more games? I don't know. I want like twenty two fewer, and nobody wants to listen to me. So I don't know. This is it. look. You know what, listeners, tell us what you want to see. What would you like to see? Why don't you contact us? And Jeff is going to tell you how you can do that. Oh, but that's an expert level uh, segue, by the way. Well done. Thank you. Um, Listeners, you've been listening to Barely on Topic. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Podbean, and wherever your favorite podcasts can be, are found. And increasingly, like even there's probably places we haven't even heard of that we're hosted. Um, so you know that's cool. You can talk to us uh, on Facebook, we're at Barely on Topic Podcast, and on Twitter, we're at Barely on Topic. And of course, there's always our individual Twitter accounts. I, for one, am at Dr. Hand Grenade. I'm at Tim A. Richardson. And I am at brothers.org. Oh, also known as at VA from RI. Word! <laughs>